Hi all and welcome back to Women Living in Thailand podcast. Or for those of you who are new here, welcome. Today is another clubhouse session recorded on September 8th, 2021, where we talk to the queen of cannabis herself, Kitty. She is a forerunner in Thailand in the legalization of cannabis and has extensive personal experience in dealing with hormone issues holistically through cannabis. Please note this is a pre-recorded session on Clubhouse, so we apologize for the audio quality, but hope you will still enjoy. So without further ado, let's get started. ladies I am set up and ready and we are recording so again I would like to say welcome to women living in Thailand today's talk will be on cannabis for hormones with our guest speaker Kitty uh, Kitty Chopaka is the founder and CEO of elevated estate uh, which is an industry leading cannabis focused expo incubator fund and consulting firm <clears throat> Elevated Estate is an authoritative source of information and vital community hub for the cannabis industry in Thailand and beyond. And Kitty's background in corporate law, digital strategy, and technology has enabled her to be a unique voice for the cannabis advocacy. She is also a part of the Highland Network Core Team, an organization that has been dedicated to the goal of the legislation of cannabis in Thailand. So I would like to give a big welcome to Kitty, who has spoken with us before. And today she's going to be talking with us about cannabis and its uses for hormones in women. Welcome, Kitty. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I think that's like quite an old buyer. <laughs> but um, um, overall, um, I think the only thing that um, I need to say um, out of that is um, now I'm actually doing a lot more um, independent advocacy work. Um, in terms of um, more than just cannabis in itself, but more with the, the whole Schedule 5 drugs, um, which is like um, mushrooms and gratam. And um, I don't think that we'll ever get to opium, but that in itself, as um, in terms of traditional medi medical use, um, there's actually quite a lot of it. And yeah, so I think that's kind of a little bit more in terms of um, an updated um, version. Um, as well as I'm um, hopefully doing a lot more of uh, women-related work as well because that was something that I find was um, just didn't really quite exist um, within the cannabis space and it's just like the guys just don't get it and, and that's that's the sad truth, like they just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, 100% and I'm glad you mentioned that because I do believe, Kitty, you've just opened uh, recently a Facebook group for women, is this correct? Um, yes, I have. Um, that one is kind of, I have like a bigger picture that I, I have with it, but um, that is kind of not, um, I will say, ready um, as of yet. But um, first off, I wanted um, to open that group as a safe space for women to be able to talk about these type of things. Because um, from use all the way through to, can I make money out of it? Like, you know, can I make this into some sort of a, you know, a, a business or a career or is it something that's kind of there? Um, and having that space for people to ask questions is, I think, kind of what is quite lacking. Because even with um, other Schedule 5 drugs that has been um, recently, like, legalized, such as Gratom or, like, cannabis or hemp, um, 
it just seems like we don't really have our own space to address this issue in the way that we need and in the way that um, that relates to us. Because how it's used and how we feel sometimes is not what is um, in the research papers because they are very male-oriented or um, how cannabis affects us is quite different from men because we have hormones that kind of go rampaging every single month um, and there's hardly any like studies and whatnot on that front as well so like this is kind of that was a space that I wanted to have available for people that just want to know so they can make their own judgment whether like no this is a no-go for me or like oh this sounds interesting let me read more or let me study up more because you know without that space to open up that conversation it's just yeah it's like i said it seems very lacking yeah no i 100 percent agree i've i've noticed that there aren't many groups like that available in thailand i know i have been in my own groups that i found that were more international or u.s based um groups but it's not the same, you know, you, you need to know people who are experiencing certain things here and what they're experiencing and you're most likely to be taking um, or experimenting with the same type um, rather than talking to people in the States. For example, marijuana in, in the States is completely different from, from Thailand, <laughs> let's be honest, and it's, it's gone... Um, it's it's gone quite far. Um, they're they're not yeah. super directly linked. So it, I think it's really super important to have that space. And I'm so glad that you're opening it up for women. I know a lot of us want all inclusive communities, but when it comes to our bodies, when it comes to our health, and especially being and having uh, female hormones, it's it's a whole other ball game out there. And I feel like the the older I get, the the more I realize that you know. And the more I feel that spaces like this and information like this is um, is really really important. And um, I found it interesting, Kitty, that you were broaching on the uh, the subject of um, science and and uh, tests and um, you know basically testing out all these is done mainly with male participants. Um, so how did you start finding information that was more down the avenue of female? Is this has this been something you've been testing on yourself, or have you found other sources? Take us down that journey. How did you get this started? Um, okay, let's um, let's let's start from the very beginning because I have quite a relationship with um, our dear Mary Jane cannabis um, from uh, from my teenage years. So I'm quite a veteran user, and I use quite a fair lot throughout the years um starting from 18 and that just kind of but the relationship has changed throughout um throughout that whole space of time like um when i was younger it was quite for fun you know getting high it was no different than alcohol it was like the fun part of like you know you're learning stuff you're going through your time of you can do random mm -hmm. shit without any repercussion or you think you know you only live twice oh wait once but technically you kind of do live like um your life three or four times in like various different version um 
afterwards because then after the partying phase then you go into like the really career phase the working phase that that seems like um, my my evolution of my relationship with actual cannabis itself also moved and changed um i used it quite a lot because of the stress that i was in um working you know in a law firm it was um it was something that really does help take the edge off a lot better than alcohol um and also it seems kind of sad if i was just at home drinking alone um but at the same time i also used to it for help me with um my other um set of work because apart from running the law firm i also have um various creative companies um for me to do random weird things that i wanted to do um such as like i was a, i was designing um a lot of graphics work all the way through to um i eventually moved on to construction and like building houses um so there was a lot of creative work that goes into that so that use also became a helpful tool within the working space um and then i had children um during that time i did not touch a thing i was like um i never thought that i could be that clean but that was the most 5 years of the cleanest period that i've um been through <laughs> from pregnancy to um breastfeeding and i fed um breastfed both of my children all the way through till they were two according to the who they suggested it and i'm like okay that's my goal my goal mark and that was kind of where i got to and i had the children quite close to each other so uh, i was still breastfeeding one child while still pregnant and then yeah there was a quite a overlap on that but um clean healthy i wasn't touching like anything there was a point in time in my life where i actually stopped bringing in processed food so whatever i wanted to eat i have to make it um and there was a point where i wanted oreos but i managed to make oreos um after which the kids with um me stopped breastfeeding and what not i feel like my whole body the hormone just kind of went into a craze um and it was kind of quite the first set times that i've ever felt cramps um that my um my periods were like all over the place um everything was just quite a havoc and that time was um cannabis was i didn't know then was that i was using it for a lot more um during the time of like say PMS and during the time where my egg would drop um there will be like those two periods like you know usually about a week or so apart on full of one week that i'm quite the most horrid person in the world um my moods were absolutely everywhere but back then i was also working like a crazy woman i always thought that i was using that for the work part for the stress relief or um for the creativity but um without actually realizing that but um there was a point in time where i took a long break 
um, I think it was uh, almost two years because I just didn't know what was going on with me. So I just start eliminating random things out of my body to try and find out what it was. And it was a quite horrible journey of that two years without it. And But I always thought that because it was a drug, um, it could be ruining what's going on with me. So by eliminating that was seems to be the most logical choice. But I feel that um, there was a time when I was randomly at a friend's place and he had a joint and I was like, no, nah, I think it's time for me to, you know, let's just have one and let's just see where it goes from there. But, you know, I won't go and sort it out or I won't look for it and let's just see where it goes. Unfortunately, from that point onwards till now, that was quite a fair few years. Um, I quite literally went on that journey of um, just using it to try and alleviate um, the horror that I was feeling um, throughout the month. And it just kind of started from there. And I was like, yeah, I remember this feeling. This is a really nice feeling. Um, I wasn't feeling that great that day. I was having migraines and um, it was a better choice than um, having a beer. So that just kind of got me thinking of what else can it help me with? And just went straight into research. Um, this crazy person who actually likes to read and I read like crazy. I went straight into that rabbit hole of um, all possible um, cannabinoid research that could help me with the things that I was feeling, such as like from migraine um, to, but that kind of went into another rabbit hole on its own with, I was trying to find stuff about hormones and it was really, really difficult to find research paper on even rats that were female. Um, usually it's, um, it's either male or, um, and I actually found out afterwards um, when I was talking to um, a few research uh, professors here in Thailand because um, they wanted help with um, finding people to research upon in terms of long-term cannabis use. I unfortunately was not one of those um, candidates because I am a female. And he said that we can't really do the tests or do the research without, um, without using male because female has those hormones and we just can't you know get a nice result so this is the easiest way for the research to actually go out and get published so that mm -hmm. was just it's it's sad but that's kind of the truth and a lot of times you feel that it's more on hearsay as to how to use it or what it helps because there is no paper um most of the time it's because we use it and then we found out um, by trials and error of what works and what doesn't work. So um, this in itself, like um, it's going to be a bit more in terms of me sharing my experience, but your experience is going to be totally different. Each person have their own, um, you know, everyone is different and when it becomes um, because we have a female body that makes it even more like um, so much more um, delicate and so much more um, 
details that goes with into it that makes us different. Like, you know, from the points of hormones, like you may have more of this while I have less of that. And what I feel that cannabis kind of usually help out with a lot of um, the problems is finding that balance. It seems to, um, for me anyway, it brings me back to where my baseline is. And then if I would decide mm-hmm. to use any more after that, then I would go into, you know, the euphoric or the high. But usually just getting to that baseline in itself sometimes is already the difficult part. <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, not- I, I completely agree with that. And I think a lot of us have struggled with the, with this. Um and to hear to hear from you and and to have it acknowledged by someone you know where you are on the cannabis level of things that there really are no research papers and it's hard to find that information i mean kind of solidifies what i was thinking uh this whole time but it's also a complete bummer <laughs> it's not cool like yeah. it, you, it it leaves you feeling crazy you know i I only recently have been diagnosed with PCOS, uh, endo, and PMDD, and have realized oh. that, um, yeah, it's, it's been rough, uh, but I've realized that um, cannabis has been the only thing that's really been keeping me going, but I've also, um, I've also had all these questions, like, I, you read everywhere that it can actually mess with your hormone levels. It can make things worse. And even even if you're talking about cannabis usage in general, um, people do recommend taking, you know, some time off, you know, kind of getting off it for a month or a week, a week out of the month or, or two months out of the year, however it is that you want to separate that um, because of those those issues. And I think, you know, it should be said, we are a podcast, and this is not medical advice. Um, if you are going to go out and do this, please consult your physician all the time. We are not doctors. Um, but I, I do think it's, yeah, <laughs> I do think it's important for us to listen to the stories of our fellow sisters who also have uteruses and, and, and all sorts of stuff going on um, and figure uh, out. I swear, it's the ovaries. My yeah. ovaries are the ones that like being like, little bitches yeah and you know it changes with everybody it's it's with one woman to the next we're so complicated and different which is such a beautiful thing if we were in a society that supported us with that but unfortunately we're not so I'm very grateful for you Kitty for for doing this and for sharing your experience um I guess we I want to continue with asking um can can you relay like some of the main issues um, point by point of like that you were looking to alleviate and and let us know um, if if those okay. were alleviated in in any way shape or form? Okay, so one of my major one was migraine. I I've been having migraines since I like as as young as I can remember. Um, it's quite a problem with me and. I would use to go through loads of ibuprofen because that seems to be the only thing that would take it away. And it gotten horrible. Like it was to the point of at least two packets of those a week. That's how much I go through the ibuprofen to quite literally get rid of migraines. And it gets really bad on my PMS week. Um, 
and then um, it's not too bad on the other weeks except for the week that my egg has dropped so i usually have like two points of when shit breaks down <laughs> but um that in itself i haven't been using for a very long time actually i i, I think the last time i used ibuprofen was um because i was on a trip and when i do my my usual like 10 days business trip it's quite like on the go at all times and sometimes um jet lags really gets the worst of me so that that was kind of the last time i i used the ibuprofen i use them on trips when i need to make sure that sometimes i don't have weed on me <laughs> so yeah um so that was one of the major issue um and like I find that with migraine, it's something that it helps. It helps quite a lot. It makes me able to go back to work. Um, it makes me able to quite literally just sit in, at least sit in and not just sit in, but um, also contribute to meetings and things like that. Because otherwise I would just sit there like feeling like someone put my head in a vice. Um, and yeah. Another thing that it also helped, and this is one of the weird things, is cramps. I used to get um, really bad foot cramps um, during PMS to the point where I remember that it was quite dangerous when I was driving and I was on the expressway and I have a random foot cramp and it would just cramp up and yeah, that was that was quite horrible. Um, that I actually haven't been getting that or, um, you know, for a while now. Um, but it still does come every now and again when I feel like I've had not enough water. Um, dehydration um, tends to bring that on. But like overall, I feel like that also helped because those are really, really painful random cramps that just decide to come because you move your foot wrong. Um, and I would say, like, in general, my mood is another one because um, that one can be quite horrible and I can be quite a very horrible person to the family. Like, I, I would yell at the kids and and then I would cry um, because, because. <laughs> um, that was That was bad, but... One thing that I know that cannabis cannot help and I've yet to find out what would help is um, for the hot flushes. That one in itself is cannabis can't do nothing to that one. And I still get them. Not that great. <laughs> um, overall, it's I, I would say because you alleviate the mood, it makes you sleep well because I don't have any problem sleeping. Like, um, my overall general health is quite healthy. Um, I like I have good sleeping scores. I do enough RAM and have enough deep sleep, all of that stuff. So I feel that because I'm in an overall good mood because cannabis does help you with that, um, as well as I've been sleeping well and I eat well. Um, that in itself is one of the biggest help that cannabis gives to me while the other stuff overall um like say with the migraine and all the other stuff is quite the profit um in this transaction 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I forget. I forget how many symptoms come with PMS in periods and because uh, I focus on the most painful ones and then I realize, okay, I'm not eating, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's quite a debacle to go through every freaking month. <laughs> it's a lot, you know, for some of oh, us. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you, you were just kind of mentioning cannabis in general. Um, did you have any like specific remedies um so like do you like for i have a lot of people who ask questions yeah yeah exactly um but do would you know of any other way for the people who aren't really smoker friendly or or can't really go down that avenue i know you have tested Uh, quite a few tinctures and and things like that if you have any input or advice on that i would say like um i do consume oil um or like say butter or like in food, but um, as in edibles, but usually for me, that's kind of like when it's bad. I don't usually go all the way through to edibles because it's quite, um, I, I still feel for me like that's quite powerful and, but at the same time, it can be a hit or miss. So that's kind of why I stick with smoking because I know that it works and it will work now. <laughs> Because with, like, say, migraine, you don't want to wait for 20 or 30 minutes um, for it to come into effect. Uh, so that's kind of why where, like, with migraine, smoking seems to be, like, the best way to just stop it and get it, like, under control. Um, but with edibles, um, that's kind of for, like, when I feel like this migraine is going to go on for a long time. So I would actually smoke and then I would use the edibles so that it would last longer to make sure that I don't, you know, randomly like in the middle of something and then I have like a shooting pain in my head. Um, But there's also other ways um, that you you can use it as well because usually with um, PMSs and with hormone swings, another thing that happens is I my face, Ace right now is like a fucking moon. It's so bumpy. I have the most horrid acne I ever experienced. I'm 36 right now. And when I was at 14, I never had this bad of an experience. So, so um, I've also been using um, uh, hemp seed oil as my oil cleanser for my face. As well as um, I sometimes put um, some cannabis oil in there as well to also help with the inflammation. And um, also with the, it's because it's antibacterial as well. It does help like um, kill the germs on your face and whatnot. And also I tend to make um, cannabis honey. And now I've also made gratom honey as well um, to actually put on the spot. So as well as making into toners and putting in my face mask and also make it into sodas. <laughs> so it's quite well-rounded. So we're, we're waiting for a kitty beauty line. Is this what you're basically telling us? No, I'm telling you guys, like, go home, <laughs> find honey, get your weed, and just put it in there. And you can just wait for, like, a month and then afterwards strain it out and you can do it, like, the same thing as I'm doing it's not like it's difficult you're like you can just chuck it into like a face mask just put in some yogurt put on your face 
I think a lot of us get it confused that I, I, um, you know, possibly seeing from TV or knowing that like THC has to be mixed with a, with a, an oil of some sort, we kind of overthink on, on how some of these, um, tinctures or, or ointments or whatever can be made. Um, what are the easiest ones? What are the ones that we don't have to cook? We just put two steps together and boom, that's it. We've got it. Um, tea. Um, the flower in itself, you can make that into a tea and you can drink that. Or you can even put it into a toner or a mist spray. But it can be a little bit drying. THC can be a little bit drying on your skin. So it works a little bit better for, say, oily skin or you dilute it down. Um, but it helps with um, drying up the pimples. Got it. And also, um, a while ago, I... You see all these tinctures and lotions that come out that say when you rub them on sores and cramps and pains that because they have THC in them, uh, do they like work? Yeah, like that, yeah, right? yeah. It helps with the anti-itching as well because I do put it into a cream for my son. He has um, his he has quite feels a few sore and he gets like um, mosquito bites. And he scratches them. So, like, that kind of helps with the, you know, making him not um, with the itching and also kind of help heals the wound. CBD also helps with um, healing as well as adding moisture back into um, the skin. Wow, okay. Awesome. So, and like, there's, there's topical use as well as, like, you can consume it, you can smoke it. Um, and another easy way is... If you have a coffee machine at home, um, the espresso machine with the with the guns that you normally put the ground up beans in, you can actually use that, pack it with the flour, and you will get like a very intense cannabis tea that you can then be added to. Um, I actually add that to the honey, and then I cook the water out too, so that the honey gets back its stickiness and that's pretty much cannabis honey that you can eat put on your face do random things with it i love it put it in lip balm so accessible (laughs) (laughs) Uh, gotta love mother green so much all right ladies um if any of you would like uh to ask any questions or If you just want to share your experiences that you've had with Cannabis for Hormones, please do raise your hand and uh, we will let you on stage. Um, I do have to say a big thank you to Kitty for this. Um, I really appreciate uh, you coming on and telling us about this. I did want to kind of broach into another subject that I was interested in and I didn't know whether we should start a new room for it or not, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Can you give us an update on where we are with the legalities of cannabis in Thailand and also with Gautam? Ah, Gautam is actually a very interesting one, especially for cosmetics, by the way. It helps with like um, the discoloring. No, not, not discoloring. Hyper, hyperpigmentation. Yeah. But like um, in terms of cannabis right now, Cannabis is, uh, medical cannabis is legal, but those that um, has the, that are allowed to get licenses will need to be with government. 
So some sort of an MOU with a government department, a government university or a government hospital. Um, without that, you can't really do anything with medical cannabis. In terms of access as a patient, um, as an expat, you're still kind of not really allowed. And also for even, even for ties, it's still quite very difficult and limited. Um, but um, if you're a Thai, you can actually go to the Thai traditional um, clinic at the next to the FDA building, near the FDA building at the public health department um, complex. And you can actually ask for um, medical cannabis to help with, um, there's about 30 plus symptoms that um, they were allowed. Um, but that in itself is only a very weak um, cannabis tincture. And it's more used in terms of um, a Thai traditional medicine. Okay, that's for cannabis. In terms of, oh, another thing for cannabis, there are other parts that has been moved out of the narcotics list in regards to cannabis. If you actually purchase them from a legal farm is leaves, stems, and roots. So the leaves in itself have to have no flower attached to it. And it's not like the top sets of leaves. As for hemp, um, you are actually allowed um, as an individual, um, if you're a Thai or as a company, um, to actually go into license for production, processing as well, um, and you don't need one for distribution um, of CBD, hemp, um, hemp fibers, and hemp seeds. That can be that can be done now. Um, in terms of the problem within that industry itself, I think that's probably another day because it's quite heavy topic. Um, and also for hemp, um, you are allowed to use hemp seeds in supplements, um, and you are allowed to use hemp seeds in cosmetics. In terms of CBD. Um, the amount that you are allowed to put into food has been released. It's at 75 milligram per kilogram, and it's only allowed for non-carbonated water, uh, non-carbonated drinks, carbonated drinks, um, cereal drinks, as well as supplements. Um, but no, you're not allowed to mix it with caffeine, vitamins, um, or other teas. I think that's kind of quite where that is in terms of hemp. Um, let me see what else is there. Um, leaves, stems, and root has also been removed from the narcotics list, just as cannabis has. Um, all of these products um, that are made with leaves, stems, and roots can also be requests to get um, it registered with the FDA um, and be sold legally. The, the pro that process in itself has just been released out as well. As for Gratom, Gratom is quite interesting and I'm a very big fan of it. Um, Gratom has been removed from the narcotics list, quite like just removed and it's now gone. It's no longer on the list. Um, so the sales of leaves and the actual plant itself right now is quite legal. <laughs> 
as for using Graton because it has been removed from the narcotics list is now legal, except if you put it with other drugs that are considered illegal. So it's like making Sikun Rai or like um, those um, with codeine or those cough syrup um, that is still considered considered illegal because the other ingredients that they are adding into the Gratom itself. In terms of Gratom products, right now it's still considered dangerous goods to be put into ingredients um, by the FDA. So until it has been removed, um, meaning there has to be research that it's not dangerous and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, there's not going to be any products or any um, processing around Gratom. Um, yeah, so that's kind of pretty much the gist of it. Got it. I think we're going to need to do a whole room on Gratom alone. I have so many questions. <laughs> Gratom is awesome. <laughs> I Yeah, I know very little about it, actually. I think I only know, like, urban legends that I learned from, like, Thailand being a kid. But I don't, I don't know much about it. Um, I, I would like to set up a room with you later on about that because I think it's it's interesting. Um, how what have you seen lately? Like, have you found that COVID in the last two years has slowed up the process of legalizing certain things? I I, I wasn't I didn't really have my my finger on the pulse of the Gratom thing, but I've kind of felt like that just jumped out of nowhere. Um, or maybe uh, I just wasn't focusing on it. How, how are you seeing things change as far as timeline for, for legalizing certain things here? Uh, with Gratom in itself, um, they've done good groundwork um, way back. Um, it was some, um, their groundwork was laid um, since the medical cannabis has been legalized. So um, it has been two plus years and they've also have done research on the particular topic um, with village um, that has been closed off and quite literally they managed the Gratom there and they also managed the use in the community way. Um, so it's it's quite a very interesting way that they've conducted the research and it has been done for a while. It's just that not many people knew about it and it wasn't uh, a PR job like um, the other party did. So, yeah, that's kind of why it seems like it came out of nowhere. But um, the groundwork has been laid for a very long time. And I knew that this was, it was happening like a while back already. It was just kind of more in terms of um, when will it happen. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking about how... Um, how how has COVID affected the the you know, the moving of the timeline of, of cannabis also in Thailand. Have you seen any changes? Is it as slow as usual? Has it sped up or is it just like at a complete stop? Um, I would say that it's just slow. Their focus, don't forget, like the health department is kind of really focusing on COVID and vaccine and whatnot. Like cannabis has always been in the background. Um, that's also probably another reason why it seems like Gratom came out of nowhere is because it's the Justice Department that looked after Gratom and it's the ONCB, the Office of Narcotics Control Board, that took front-row seats um, in pushing for this. 
um, because they and because they deal with narcotics, so they know about drugs. I I would say quite well, like in terms of the community side of things and how it's used and what's going on. While the other side um, with the public, the Ministry of Public Health, um, their thing is quite very medical and they just not really open up to, you know, that cannabis could become medicine and a lot of doctors are still like opposing it. Um, so I feel like they, they still have that stigma around the actual drug that they are trying to legalize itself. So that seems to be the thing that I feel that hinders it more than actual COVID or any other timeline. It's just the people within position doesn't have the understanding and still have that stigma around the thing that they are trying to push for, say, a new economic plant that will make you, that will deliver you out of um, poverty and all that crap. Yeah, I mean, I feel like <laughs> inept leaders has been the, the theme of this year in regards to pretty much everything. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we won't hold our breath. Let's just put it that way, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Kitty, for joining us. Did you want to add anything else? Um, I'm going to start wrapping up, possibly calling some people up to ask questions or just have a bit of a chat. Also, just not sure if you're still in a cab or what's going on, but if you had any questions, please feel free to ask. Um, in the meantime, anybody, if you'd like to uh, put your hands up. I did have one question, Kitty, um, that I kind of broached on a bit just now, but I wanted to, so I, I was listening to Chelsea Handler. Um, I'm, you might know her. Uh, she, she's quite, she's quite a big weed user. Um, and, uh, she was saying how she takes breaks. So she's consistently smokes and then she feels that she has to take a break. So it's either a week out of the month or like two months out of the year. Um, and I was wondering, um, if you agree with that, do I take breaks? Do you, I mean, do you take breaks? Do you know if there's a medical benefit to doing so? Is it needed? Do you need to reset your body? I mean, is, is, these are all the questions that I have on that. Like uh, if I'm supposed to, then I guess I could, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would like, okay. yeah. Well, I would say, I'll, let me start off with everyone's different. Um, some, some people would like, you know, they feel like they need to take a break. Great. That's that's what your body is telling you. Um, for me, I tend to have a time of me using less or me not using as less. <laughs> um, since that time that I said that, um, that I had a smoke with my friend and get, came back into it, that was a good six years ago. And I've yet to have a break. Mm, actually, wait, I have a, fair, a few breaks because I've taken trips to Hong Kong and I've taken trips to Myanmar where I don't have access to cannabis, but um, they're usually like no more than four or five days. So, yeah, um, I'm not sure whether I'm the anomaly or like I'm doing something bad, but I feel like my body is fine with it and it has yet to tell me that like stop doing that but it 
but my, my body has already told me to stop drinking alcohol. So that one has already been like kind of um, out the door. I have like beers and drinks at home and I'm just, it's just sitting there. <laughs> I'm actually the exact same. So just this year, my body uh, won't let me drink alcohol anymore, like at all. It cannot reach my stomach. And uh, when it does, I, I, I'm i not in good shape. The pain. Yeah, it, it hurts. And also, it doesn't stay, stay there long. <laughs> it usually comes back up, quite honestly. And um, I was realizing that for the longest time, because of all this COVID stuff, I was I had I had stopped listening to my body. I'd stopped listening to what it was trying to tell me, and I was continuing with with old habits that I just can't do anymore. And uh, it got to the point I just recently had to have an endoscopy. Uh, that wasn't fun. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Um, but it did give me a lot of answers. Um, and for the longest time, I had I I thought I had stomach problems because. I couldn't drink uh, because my body wasn't letting me and it, it turns out that that really wasn't the case it's just my body just kind of signaling it as poison now um, probably because I overdid it <laughs> for quite a long time but um, I think the, the key takeaway there is is to really listen to your body what is it telling you and you know it's it's a good time to try new things in a safe way and I do want to kind of expand on this idea in a next in an upcoming room that we do. Um, most probably a closed room, <laughs> um, not not with any podcast or recording, but to talk about other options and also experiences that we may have may have had with this um, alternative type of healing, uh, whether it be gatam or cannabis or mushrooms or DMT or anything in between. Um, I think it's important to talk about these experiences and, and kind of get them out there uh, in a safe space. So, yeah. Um, Kitty, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'll ask one more time if anybody has any more questions. If not... Oh, hey, Jess. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Kitty, for joining us once again. It's always a pleasure to hear some real-ass conversation about something that, you know, more people use um and like removing the taboo of it uh because really there shouldn't be a taboo around marijuana in the first place um i don't have questions but i will make one comment about <clears throat> how i use cannabis um as a woman um also with all of the cramps and the, the stress that comes from pms and you know just dealing with a period <laughs> it's like it's not easy right i mean you you got to you got to deal with blood and you've got to clean up and got to do all these things that are just so annoying sometimes. And they really, you know, interrupt your, your flow. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> uh, is I, I smoke and I've been smoking since I was 13 and I've probably taken maybe a six month break. Um, so I've been, you know, doing it for a long time. Um, so what I do is I use it for more of my mental state um, it does relieve some pain and discomfort. I don't, I haven't been able to connect with it on that level yet. Um, and I've tried all different kinds of strains and, you know, um, formats of, of cannabis. Um, but for me, it's really coming down, it comes down to like my mental state. And this goes for almost any problem that I, that I have in my life. When I, when I smoke, I'm able to assess that problem without the anger and the stress 
um, and just look at it in a more practical sense. And the same goes for when I'm feeling shitty from my for my period or I want to have cramps. Um, I really use it more to like calm down and sort of accept what's going on, process it. Uh, but something that has really helped me with cramps actually is uh, a tens machine, the, the little the little shocker things. So when I'm in the middle of a really really bad cramp, and I would say I get either one to two really bad ones um, these day these last couple of years, um, I lay flat, I smoke a fat bowl, <laughs> and I put on the the tens machine right on my you know ovary area, um, and that helps immensely. Um, and I'm talking about you know like almost passing out from these cramps. Um, so just another tip to put out there for um, us women here, uh, a TENS machine. is It's one of those things that they were advertising recently for the last couple of years, the little um, sticky strips with the, sh- with the electri- electricity thing. Um, they made like a bunch of money off of like a, a machine that was pink and designed for women, but it's actually just a TENS machine. <laughs> um, so yeah, and... And also, oh shit, I wanted to say something else. Shit. Yeah, anyway, in regards to the whole situation of cannabis, I, I really, like, great work on everybody for being here and listening and Kitty, like, pushing forward and, you know, making shit happen on, on your side with, um, you know, the movement of, of you know, uh, things that influence your state of mind in general uh, because we really do need to take away, like, the stigma that comes along with, with drugs and everything. Um, it's really actually really silly if you think about it. Um, and in places like, I think it was either Sweden or Switzerland where they decriminalized almost every drug and like all the crime and all the problems um, were, that were related to any of a, a drug users actually went down. And this is what the, you know, the, the war on drugs and the fight against it has always been really about is that, you know, it's about control. People want to control your body. They want to control what you put in it and what you do with it. Um, but if you just take that control out of the picture, people do have the general sense to make decisions for their own self. And therefore, you know, when when somebody has self-control over oneself, they generally act, you know, quite normal. <laughs> and things are quite normal. Um, but when you try to control and, and, you know, have this authority over over what, what you do with your body. And I mean, look at what's happening in fucking Texas right now too. It's, it's all, it's all like absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, everybody just keep fighting the good fight and putting the information out there and educating people. And I think, you know, the elderly who don't agree with these kinds of views, they're eventually going to start getting phased out. So then we need to put our focus on like religious groups, uh, political groups who just do it to have control because you know behind those scenes those motherfuckers are also smoking and doing all the drugs too so sorry <laughs> um, but we just need to do our work to educate people so yeah thank you no 100 percent, and <laughs> it's hard to forget it's also hard to remember some days that this is a fight for all of us and not to get too super feminist like, this is what the group's about, but it is. It's about keeping this message out and, and keeping people knowing that, hey, we expect more changes and we expect, you know, autonomy over our own body. I'm from Texas, so I've been having a bit of a crisis <laughs> about what's going on over there. But um, I, I think more, more than ever, it's, it's important to do that and it's important to stand your ground and experiment for yourself and... More than ever this year, I've been learning about going on this journey of my health um, 
which I could probably talk about in a later in a later series. Um, and just going along and and finding out that this this societal construct that you have been built in you from the get-go of doctors are right they know everything doctors are right is shit it's bullshit and we have to go on our own journey and go on our own way and take this into our own hands now i'm not anti-doctor at all whatsoever but i'm saying that the majority especially of of doctors in Thailand, male elder doctors in my own personal experience have not been helpful and have actually been more more problems. They've been more issues than they've been help to me. Um, so I think it's important as women to be present and to be open um, to new possibilities and to always, always, always be listening to your body. It is a gift that we were given. Um, and it is something that I think sometimes we're not completely in tune with, but it's something that we should look to be consistently trying to be in tune with always. Um, because I do believe that you can live a very healthy life by being able to do that. Um, this is just the tip of the iceberg, honestly, and an hour never feels like enough. But uh, I think we're going to wrap up the room. Thank you, Jess. Thank you so much, Kitty. Um, as always, you are an incredible speaker, and I'm sure we will have you on again very soon. Thank you for the people who joined us, who have left already. Thank you to Lee, to Naomi, to Catherine, and to Helen. As always, thank you for joining. Um, if any of you haven't joined our club, please uh, feel free to join on Clubhouse. This is the club. You can ask to be admitted to it. Uh, we are women living in Thailand, and very soon we will be a podcast, uh, which we are super excited about. Um, so as always, if you guys have any ideas, if you would like to approach us about a podcast, anything in that nature, please feel free to, um, we all know each other pretty much in here. So, um, big thank you once again, and I'm going to close the room. Thank you so much. One more time, Kitty. You're more than welcome. And thank you for, yeah, for having me. Of course, oh, always. <laughs> All right, ladies, I'm going to close the room. I wish we had some closing music or something, but it'll be put in the podcast, so we'll oops, pretend oops, like it's oops, there. Oops. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much, guys. I'm going to close the room. Have an Bye. awesome night. Good night. Bye. Good night.